This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Fulham, Sheffield United and West Bromwich Albion, all three destined for the drop, but could a bargain be in the offing for Michael Edwards? Welcome to the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm your host, Guy Clark. Matt Addison, our Blood Red writer, is here with me as we're going to look through which relegated transfer gems may be in the market for Liverpool this summer. Jeannie Vinealdum, Andy Robertson and Jordan Shakiri. It's a much-used transfer trick for Michael Edwards. And I suppose, Matt, if it hadn't been for being unable to structure a deal with Norwich City, Jamal Lewis may well have been added to that even last summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a market that Liverpool certainly look at. I mean, obviously prices in the Championship and, and those sorts of, of level of teams have, have gone up drastically over the last few years, but there are still some bargains to be found there. I think there was certainly you know, some rumours around Emi Buendia and, and players like that when Norwich went down as well. There's Obviously, lots of teams towards the top end of the Premier League that were looking at him. I'm sure they probably will do in the summer as well, even though Norwich have been promoted. So there is an obvious way, I think, that that Liverpool and and other teams can look to sort of secure a bargain. Whether they will this summer is is going to be an interesting one. But I think there's there's certainly a lot of, of talent, particularly at the top end of the Championship, the bottom end of the Premier League. There's not too much difference, I don't think, you know, but between those sorts of levels and. That makes it really interesting to, to sort of look at. Yeah, definitely. Well, how this is going to play out, we're going to take two names from each of the three relegated sides and we'll debate whether or not they could do a job for the Reds. And then at the end, we're going to give somewhat of a, a seal of approval or not. We're going to kind of rank in which order we think would be most effective for Liverpool to maybe go and sign in the summer window. We'll go from the bottom then. And I suppose looking at Sheffield United, Matt, you probably think these are going to be the dregs of the division and might not be many options out there. But one name who is immediately springing into plenty of transfer rumours right now is Sander Berger, the Norwegian midfield player who, of course, was even linked with Liverpool before going to Bramall Lane. What do you think of him? I think he's a good player. I think it's always difficult when you, you look at, at, at these sorts of teams. They've tended to struggle. I mean, you look at, at Rian Brewster, for example, he's not really had a, a brilliant season, but we know that there is a quality individual player there if they can sort of get him fit and, and firing and, and confident. And I think, you know, Sander Berger to an extent is a, a similar sort of player. I don't think we've seen the best of him at Sheffield United. I think there's been kind of... Uh, a difficult season for, for all of them. It can't have been easy for, for anyone really to, to sort of showcase the abilities that, that they've got. I think, you know, he is one of those along with a fair few other players in that Norwegian international team that there is a lot of, of quality there. I'm sure he probably wouldn't be the first choice in terms of Norwegians to, to come into to Liverpool this summer. But uh, yeah, he'd certainly be on my list. I, I don't know what you think of him in, in terms of his suitability to the Liverpool midfield, but it does sort of seem like a, a slightly different player to Wijnaldum, but certainly one that you could kind of see fitting into that Jurgen Klopp system. Yeah, he's a tall, imposing player, isn't he? And I suppose for what has largely been a functional midfield for Jurgen Klopp, he, he probably would be, a, I suppose, a fairly decent option. He gets around the pitch well, he uses the ball fairly well. Not spectacular, really, I suppose, in terms of goals nor assists. I find it funny that... Sheffield United's chant, of course, was will be playing in Europe next season after they signed him and they're going to be down in the Championship. He is a player who, of course, has played in the Champions League. He was in that Genk side that Liverpool faced in the Champions League group stage a couple of seasons ago now. And interesting, there was a bit of talk around this release clause, whether or not he was going to be available on the cheap, such as, of course, Jordan Shakiri. But it looks as though that release clause and that market value is going to be around £35 million, and albeit a 23-year-old. 
I think for me, probably just prices him out of a Liverpool's price range for what they'll want to spend and and B, really any realistic hope I should have thought of, of going to one of the top clubs in the Premier League. I know Arsenal as well have been linked with him and maybe a side like that who are going to need somewhat of an overhaul might be more befitting of a move like that rather than one of the, uh, the sides who are really going to be looking to compete for the title next season. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? I know they paid £22 million for him. They're probably not going to want to, to make a loss on him. I think the difficulty with Liverpool would be as well that they've just got £24 million or so from Sheffield United for Ryan Brewster. So that's kind of set the precedent for the sort of levels that they would be looking at if you compare the seasons of those two. I think it's fair to say that Berger has been the more impressive player over the 12 months and that would inflate his price tag even more. So it's probably one that you'd look at and think, you know, that. There is a good player there, quite clearly. You can sort of see why he might be linked with Liverpool, but certainly the price tag would have to to be significantly less than that, I think, for, for Liverpool to be tempted. I mean, the reason that you would look at a relegated side really is to look for some extra value, isn't it, in the market? And if they're going to be asking the same sort of price that you could maybe go to a, a Champions League club and get a similar sort of midfielder from, it kind of almost defeats the object, I think. Yeah, definitely. Another player then on the Sheffield United list, Jack O'Connell, boyhood Liverpool fan. At 27 years of age, he was injured after, I think, just two games of this season. And really is kind of, I know Chris Wilder, when he was still there at Sheffield United, immediately when he got injured, said that's going to be an absolutely huge blow for us. He plays very much as the, the left-hand side of a three-man defensive line. And as much as I can kind of see why Liverpool might be attracted to him, certainly why he'd be attracted to Liverpool. Again, I think the system's probably going to be something that would probably stop this one even getting off the ground. Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it, for central defenders? I mean, we only have to look at Ben Davis this season. He was very highly rated, played on the left, very good on the ball, that sort of thing. Similar sort of things that you could say about Jack O'Connell. I mean, you'll know far more than me about, you know, the sort of difference in quality between those two players. But I think the one thing that Ben Davis has shown to me this season is that if you're going to play at centre-back for Liverpool long-term, there are certain things that you absolutely have to have. And I'm not 100% sure that Jack O'Connell has sort of got those just yet. Obviously, at the age of 27, it's probably unlikely that they will come later in his career as well. So, yeah, I think Liverpool will be after a central defender this summer. There's another one on this list, in fact, that I would have certainly higher up in terms of, of Liverpool's priorities this summer. But, uh, yeah, Liverpool have, have maintained all along that they will only sign one central defender this summer. Ibrahim Ekonate is probably the one that I would go for if they do get one. My preference would be two, but then even then, you're probably going to look at, at Ozan Kabak, of course, with that option to buy him over maybe some of these other players. Yeah, definitely agree with you there on on Jack O'Connell. Of course, he was kind of one of the, the first ones off that Brentford conveyor belt, as it were, really, and moved on to Sheffield United. But I suppose after a long injury as well, age 27, he's probably going to be the best staying where he is at the moment. Let's move on then to West Bromwich Albion, Big Sam's boys, of course, who Liverpool play on Sunday. And the first one to get into here is... Their main man, there's no other way of putting it, Mateus Pereira. 15 goal involvements for him this season. 10 goals, 5 assists. West Brom have only scored 32 goals in the Premier League this season. Matt, this guy has basically been contributing, or statistically, almost half of their goals. Yeah, he's a very, very interesting player. I mean, 
he is one of those players that just gets numbers, it seems. He did it in the Championship last season. He's done it this season, even though, as you say, they've not exactly been the most attacking and creative side West Brom this season, particularly under Sam Allardyce. We know sort of stereotypically the football that he plays. It's probably not one where you get a Brazilian number 10 in the team and, and sort of imagine that being the case, that he could still sort of perform in that same sort of way. But it seems that he can do both sides of the game. He's obviously getting those numbers, but he's also become a bit of a talisman. He can defend as well. He can press and, and win the ball back, which is always going to be useful for a Liverpool team. So this is one that I'm pretty certain will not be at West Brom next season. I'm pretty sure he'll be back in the Premier League or certainly one of the top leagues around Europe. I believe RB Leipzig have been having a look at him. You can sort of see a move like that happening. I wonder whether it would have to be a move to Leipzig and then to Liverpool maybe for Pereira, but I don't know. Maybe at 24, it would be the, the right time. Certainly with added Premier League experience, it, it would be certainly an interesting one. I think, I don't know about you, but the only way that I can see something like this happening for Liverpool would be if they were to lose, say, Minamino, Shakiri, and Origi, and they needed somebody else as a little bit of backup. I think it, it, we're pretty sure that they're going to go for a forward this summer. To go for a forward and Pereira this summer, I think they probably have to lose all three of those backup options that they've got at the moment. Yeah, for me, there's something don't know, Coutinho-esque about him in terms of, as you say, their Brazilian number 10, the, the goals he puts out. And I, I mean, look at the fee that West Brom signed him for as well, just shy of £10 million, not too different to the fee. Liverpool, of course, paid for Coutinho, but of course, Liverpool are very much now a completely different squad to, to the one that obviously Felipe Coutinho arrived at back in January 2013. So, I don't personally, I think Liverpool are beyond that now. I, I agree with what you're saying. If Minamino, Shakiri, these kind of fringe players, I think that's all he would be at Liverpool, possibly. Um, and as you say, 24, 25 years of age, he, you feel the next move for him will be a big one if he's going to end up being that elite player, which is effectively, I think, what a lot of Liverpool fans want to see and where they're screaming out for, obviously, the investment and improvement in this side is to to be effectively able to compete with Manchester City on a squad basis. Man City have two world-class players for every position. Now, Liverpool have a world-class player and then probably a very good Premier League player, whereas I think Pereira is probably in that category. Could he improve? Could he get better? Yeah, he probably could, but in a better side. But I I, I think it's a... And I, I get if you're signing a player from a relegated side, it is going to be a risk and a gamble no matter what. But I think it's one really for Liverpool. Probably better players out there on the market for what they'd probably £30 million be looking to, to pay for Mateus Pereira. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, we spoke to a West Brom reporter for the Behind Enemy Lines podcast that will come out just before the, the game. And he was sort of saying four times what they paid, which was around about £9 million, I think, uh, last summer. So, yeah, uh, it, it would be one of those, I think, where you'd have to pay a significant amount of money. It wouldn't surprise me if he did end up going to a Premier League club. I think maybe he might even be out of, of Leipzig's price range, to be honest with you, at that sort of amount. I think maybe an Aston Villa, maybe an Everton, maybe somewhere like that, a West Ham even, potentially, if they couldn't secure Jesse Lingard on a permanent transfer, I think he'd be sort of one that, that possibly could interest them. I think he's an interesting player, but as you say, he probably would just be a squad player for Liverpool rather than being you know, a genuine option. It, it wouldn't be the same, say, as Diogo Jota, where you think there's a real yeah. genuine ceiling to take you know, the next step and, and become one of the front three. It, it would kind of be more of a Shaqiri signing, I think. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. I, I was going to make that Diogo Jota point myself, actually, in terms of I think that's now the template really for Liverpool in terms of hawking around and taking other Premier League talents is really getting someone they know who has proven himself for a couple of years and can kick on. And I mean, in terms of talking about relegated players, when we talk about the likes of Wijnaldum and Shakiri, these are guys as well who Wijnaldum had had a brilliant sort of upbringing in the uh, Dutch Eredivisie came over to Newcastle. It was clear that he fitted into the Premier League. So that wasn't really so much of a, a, a gamble and a risk, I suppose. And Jordan Shakiri, of course, he's he's been at some absolutely huge clubs and was in the Premier League for a good few years before Stoke's relegation as well. I think Andy Robertson's the, the outlier in that respect in terms of being plucked. But there are other players to, to be looking at. And the next one on our list, Matt, another one from West Bromwich Albion. Sam Johnston, 28 years of age, most saves in the Premier League this season. Unsurprising for a, a goalkeeper in a relegated side. And I think when you sort of say his name, a lot of Liverpool fans think back to Anfield and the number of saves he was pulling off that night and seemingly growing extra limbs to uh, pull off those saves at times. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a, a very, very good goalkeeper. I think, again, he's another one that you could very much see coming straight back to the Premier League. I don't know which teams, to be honest, off the top of my head might be looking for a goalkeeper this summer. But if you're sort of near the bottom and, and you need one, certainly that would be an interesting one. I mean, for Liverpool, it would be a case of would he want to come in and, and be a number two? Would they be prepared to, to pay the money to get him out in order to be a number two? I don't know. I think it would be an upgrade on, on certainly Adrian probably on Quivin Kelleher as well at this moment in time. But I think, you know, Liverpool's model has always been to spend their budget elsewhere, not on a goalkeeper. They obviously signed Adrian on a free. They've brought Kelleher through the system. They've got a couple of other players that they've got coming through in the academy at this moment in time as well. So, yeah, it would be a surprise if Liverpool went for a goalkeeper this summer. But if they did, I don't think you'd... Well, I suppose you, you could probably argue that if they got him, he'd probably be the second uh, the best second goalkeeper in the Premier League, if you like. Yeah, there's been reports of anything between 10 and £20 million. I think, if memory serves me right, West Brom paid about £6 million to Manchester United for his services. But I agree with you. I think it'd be only backup. But one thing to keep an eye on with kind of domestic players as well is obviously the, the Champions League rules and the homegrown quota. And I think if your backup goalkeeper is ticking that box, it's almost a bit of a, a cheat code, isn't it? That you can then have more foreign outfield players, as it were. So so maybe one to kind of consider and think about for Liverpool, albeit, as you say, I can't really see that happening. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. On to then the third and final relegated side, Scott Parker's Fulham. And it seems as though Fulham are a changing ship every season and seem to flip the squad an awful lot. And Joachim Andersen, the Danish centre-half, he's only on loan from Lyon, yet he's been captain for them. Looks a uh, very interesting proposition to me, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give the game away a little bit and say he's going to be my number one pick out of these six players. I think he's the one that makes the most sense for Liverpool in terms of, as you say, he's been an experienced player. He's only 24. He's on loan. The French TV deal is maybe something that they're going to have to, to look at selling a few players. I don't know the ins and outs exactly of Leon's financial situation, but I believe Hussein Awar there, his price tag has supposedly dropped because of, of something along those lines. So potentially one that Liverpool could look at. Again, Liverpool have said they only want to buy one central defender this summer. They're not going to go out and, and get two or three or anything like that, just because obviously they've got those players coming back. Virgil van Dijk, obviously, and, and Joel Matip and, and Joe Gomez as well. So 
Again, for me, it would be one to, to sort of look at as a backup option. I think Liverpool this season, we've proven that they need, you know, they need strength in depth in that area. And I think for me, Anderson could be one that, you know, maybe not this summer. I wouldn't expect Matip to move on. But if he was to move on, say, next summer, maybe you could sort of look at him as a, a successor. Certainly the right age, as far as I'm aware, hasn't had any big injury issues or anything like that. To me, it, it looks like one that could make a little bit of sense for Liverpool. Yeah, he seems durable as well, doesn't he? I think he's played 29 Premier League games and I think he arrived on deadline day or certainly in October, early October, he arrived at Fulham. As I say, he handed the captain's armband in a defence that very much needed shaking up and albeit they've not been able to stay safe, but there was kind of that period in and around the turn of the new year where a lot of people were impressed with what Fulham were doing and I think he was a big, big part of that. Personally, I know what you're saying there about Matip, but maybe almost an alternative to Ozan Kabak should Liverpool decide that I think that needs caveating should they decide not to take up that deal I wouldn't be surprised with a season in the Premier League under his belt I, I, I personally think he, he'd be a shrewd investment for Liverpool and probably talking as you say there with the TV deal along similar sums of money for what Ozan Kabak will cost coming from Schalke of course it probably depends on the, the structuring of the deal and Leon aren't always the most friendly club to deal with albeit are happy to sell but I think a few Liverpool fans you mentioned that's um, Hour there. I think a, a lot of Liverpool fans would be licking the lips at maybe the proposition of a 45, 50 million pound double deal for the two of those. And it would sort out a couple of uh, couple of places in the squad, wouldn't it? Yeah, it certainly would. I mean, they, they are a good team, aren't they, for producing these, these sorts of, of players, Leon. I think there's been a fair few that have come out of, of there. And I think that, that does make a, a little bit of sense to me. I know, obviously, he's not one that's really been linked with Liverpool. It would be you know, kind of out of the blue that it would come you know, for, for Liverpool to do that. But I do think there is still a big question mark over Ozan Kabak. I think 18 million, I know a lot of people have kind of said, well, it's not a huge amount of money. He's only 21. There's certain things that do go in his favour, but I don't I don't really see it as a, a small, insignificant amount to invest in a player. I think 18 million, particularly this summer, is going to be a, a significant chunk of, of Liverpool's budget. I wouldn't want to put an exact percentage on it, but you are looking at a, a fairly substantial buy there if it is 18 million that, that they decide to, to pay for him. So, yeah, it's it, it's one I think that you could look at certain alternatives. We know that Liverpool have that five-man shortlist. We know that Konate is, is one of them that's on there. I think there are probably you know bigger names and, and better players in terms of Konate to come in and, and be a genuine first-choice option and, and want to really challenge Joe Gomez to play alongside Van Dijk. But for me, at 24, probably for the money, as you say, that, that Leon would ask for him, the fact that he's been out on loan this season suggests that they're maybe not too keen on, on keeping him. They probably would be prepared to cash in. There are a lot of things there that, that do seem to make sense to me. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. He's been linked with Tottenham and supposedly come out and said that he does want to stay in the Premier League as well. So maybe a couple more boxes ticked there. The final one on the list then, of course, mentioned Liverpool's liking for signing players who have starred in relegations. And this guy not only has a, a double relegation on his CV, both Premier League seasons, he's ended up being relegated, making up for last season and not signing a relegated player. He's got four names as well. Andre, Frank, Zambo, Nguisa. So that is one guy, not two, that Liverpool would be getting their hands on. The midfield player who seems to get an awful lot of attention, Matt, as I say, despite being relegated in both of his Premier League seasons, both Arsenal and Everton, supposedly sniffing around him. But we know Liverpool likely to be looking for a midfielder in the summer market. 
Yeah, Aston Villa, I've seen linked with him as well. It's it's one of those players that does seem to get linked with sort of bigger moves. I think largely based on stats and, and data and that sort of thing, I'm sure he's one that, that Josh Williams and, and David Hughes have picked out on the Analyzing Anfield podcast because, you know, his numbers in terms of, of winning the ball back, progressing the ball, they all, they all do sort of st- stand out in terms of, obviously, in terms of a relegated club, but just generally, they're very, very good numbers. So, he is an interesting one. Again, I think he, he came in for a fair amount of money off the top of my head. I think it was around 25 to 30 million that Fulham paid for him. That was a couple of years ago, but you'd imagine again they're going to want to, to get the, the bulk of that money back. But if Liverpool could get him on a, a cheaper deal, I think it would be certainly one to, to sort of watch out for. He's not maybe one that would stick in the minds of, of people who've watched Fulham. I know he's not even been in Fulham's first choice 11 at times this season, but there is just a, a kind of bit of me that thinks maybe Liverpool could get a little bit more out of him. Maybe, you know, Jurgen Klopp could do more with him than what Scott Parker has. And, and maybe Liverpool and Michael Edwards and the sort of underlying numbers team at, at Liverpool could find something that maybe Fulham haven't spotted. So, look, there's, there's definitely a reason why some of these Premier League clubs are, are taking a look at him. But again, he kind of falls into the same bracket for me as Sunderberger. You'd have to pay a lot of money to get him. And I don't really see Liverpool doing that. Yeah, Fulham did pay thirty million for him last season. He spent the year on loan at Villarreal whilst Fulham were in the Championship. They put in a twenty-two and a half million pound bid, according to reports, and that did get knocked back by Fulham. So, as you say, it probably is going to mean that Fulham want to take a profit on the player. And I don't know. Eve Basuma has also been linked with Liverpool from Brighton, and I suppose if that is a genuine sort of chase for Liverpool, and they can't get him, I, I imagine we know Liverpool like to work with three or four names on a shortlist. I imagine Anguissa would probably be on a list somewhere, but probably not right at the top of it. Let's, though, rank these players then and go through them. Uh, then bottom of the list for, for me, Matt, I'm going to I'm gonna put Jack O'Connell there, unfortunately. Uh, would love to see it happen for him, a, a boyhood Liverpool fan, but I just can't see that. Certainly the age he is, as we said, 27 and a uh, year on the treatment table. I can't see that one happening. I'll let you. I'll let you go for five, and if I disagree, I'll jump in. Yeah, no, I'm in, in total agreement with with number six. I think the next one on the list for me is is a difficult one. I think there's there's five names there that you can kind of make the case for in in, in a certain way, uh, but for me, Liverpool won't be looking for a goalkeeper this summer. The, the indications are not there that they would be prepared to to spend anything on one if they did. So. Yeah, Sam Johnston I'm going to go for just in terms of, of suitability to, to Liverpool, I would say. Yeah, OK. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Then I'm going to I'm going to pop Anguissa, I think, next in at number four. As I say, again, I spoke about Ibe Basuma, but he's again maybe on the, the other side now, 25, and beginning to kind of go away from that room of development that Liverpool would be looking at. It would be a high fee. What is his ceiling? And would they really get any suitors willing to to give them a healthy profit that Liverpool would look for regardless of signing a player to be in and around the first team? They would want to know they can make money because I suppose in many ways they won't want to kind of be caught in a situation that they've had with the likes of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita of signing a player and then if it doesn't work out, looking to sell them, struggling to really recoup that kind of money. So uh, yeah, I'm going to put Anguissa in at four. Yeah, again, totally agree with those. I think that the order of those is is fairly simple. And I think the, the other three are kind of a little bit more similar. I think I'm going to go with Sander Berger as my third one. Um, mainly, I think, because of the price tag and the money that it would take to, to get him out of there. I think he's probably one of those that you could sort of make a case for, for stepping up to Liverpool and, and having an impact. But 
So if you're going to have to pay 30, 35 million for him, I just can't see that happening, to be honest. I think that's highly, highly unlikely. So, uh, yeah, Pereira and Anderson, slightly more likely to, to take place for me in terms of, of the price tag mainly, if not the, the talent. I think all three of them are good players. All three of them will be in the top flight next season somewhere, whether that's in England or, or somewhere else. But I just think for the price tag, for the money, there's just better options elsewhere for Liverpool. Yeah, I reckon he's probably got the highly, highest ceiling of those on the list, as we say, Sanderberger. But I, I am in agreement with you. I'd put him at number three. And I think we're probably in agreement here that Pereira goes two and Anderson number one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Pereira's an excellent player. I can see him, uh, to be honest, I, I can only see him in an Aston Villa shirt next season, which probably <laughs> wouldn't impress too many West Brom fans. But I can just sort of see that. I can see that happening. I can see him at, at Aston Villa. I can see him at, at Everton. I can see him at, at that kind of standard of team. But I just think too many things would have to, to happen to Liverpool, as I said before. I think it would take, you know, all three of their backup options to move on. And certainly I can see two of those moving on, but probably not all three in one summer. So, yeah, we don't expect Liverpool to be absolutely mad busy in the, the market this summer. I think the only way that something like this would happen would be if they needed an extra player to come in. Who knows, maybe someone comes in with, with silly offers for Minamino and they can't turn that sort of thing down and, and maybe then they look towards him. But yeah, for me, again, it, it kind of comes back to the money and, and the suitability. Really, really good player. Really like him. Just can't quite see it happening. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And then on Anderson, just to finish, with you saying you can see Pereira in an Aston Villa shirt, I can see him. Spurs, I know, have been linked, and I can kind of understand that. Toby Alderweireld, of course, getting no younger. Jan Vertonghen moved on last year. Reports they want to move Davinson Sanchez on as well. And I think he would kind of be the next one of that kind of ilk of Yuvatongan and Alderweireld at the heart of defence. He's been a leader at Fulham, comfortable ball-playing defender. And I think for a good two or three years, Vertonghen and Alderweireld were probably the best centre-half partnership in the Premier League. So I think off that logic, personally, I think Liverpool would... I don't know if they'd be missing a trick as such, but I think they should definitely be keeping an eye on Anderson. And if he is available in the summer, and it is around that kind of similar fee to what is being uh, being agreed for Ozan Kabak, I, I wouldn't be sort of all, all two against Liverpool opting for, for Anderson instead. Yeah, I think the only thing that you might say tips it slightly towards Kabak is that he's been there for six months. He's settled in. He, he's got that kind of on his side. But you do have to, to look at the ceiling of both players. I think Kabak is very much a long-term prospect and he is still obviously very young, but Liverpool do need players to come in now as well. And I think you know Anderson is is at that level, ready to take the next step. Maybe Ozan Kabak is still two or well, he is literally two or three years away from, from Anderson's age and, and being at that level. So I think it, it would tie in, I think, more with what Liverpool's immediate needs are. Maybe long-term, Kabak might have a higher ceiling. I think there's still a debate to, to sort of be had over the two of those things. But yeah, for me, if the price was right, he'd certainly be on my shortlist. Yeah, I'm sure those watching away on YouTube have already made their minds up and left us a fair few comments in the comments section. Do keep those coming into us here at Blood Red. And if you're listening to audio on demand, feel free to leave us a rating and review. They're always more than appreciated. In the description, though, check out the link to the Blood Red newsletter for you. Take 30 seconds or so to sign up to that. Our twice-weekly newsletter will find its way to your inbox. All our plus all our best blood red content finding its way directly to you almost uh, got through it there matt without stumbling but from myself guy clark and matt addison thanks for joining us here on this edition of the agenda it's bye for now you've been listening to the agenda podcast on the blood red channel